You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. This is Sacred Tension, the podcast about the discipline of asking questions. My name is Stephen Bradford Long, and we are here on the Rock Candy Podcast Network. For more shows like this one, go to rockcandyrecordings.com. All right. Well, before we get started, as always, I have to thank my patrons. My patrons are my personal lords and saviors, and I truly could not do this without them. So for this week, I have to thank Ven Winter, Kelly, Julia, Megan, and Tim. Thank you so much. And for anyone listening who wants to join their number, go to patreon.com forward slash Stephen Bradford Long. And for a dollar, three dollars, five dollars a month, you get extra content every week. All right. Aaron Raw, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you very much. I have to apologize. My parrot believes himself to be a cat. Ah! <laughs> so that's the that's the yowling that we hear in the background. This is <laughs> this is like a plot twist because I have six cats. Satanists love our cats. We are crazy cat people, and so in every single episode, cats make an appearance. But in this episode, it's a parrot disguised as a cat. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, we have we have uh, three cats here uh, in the house too. It, it, uh, one uh, leopard tabby and uh, two black ones, of course. So, so the parrot is imitating the cats. Yeah, I fucking love that. All right, well, tell us some about who you are and what you do. Oh uh, well, I have been for I don't know, probably a quarter century now. I've been an atheist activist, uh, advocating for science education. Uh, and it's had to bleed over into other things um, for secular policies, because uh, you know the religious right, the uh, you know the Christian nationalists have taken over most of our government. They had a lot more a few months ago, so we, we had a we had a small inkling of of success there, but we're not out of the woods. We're still in a moment where they could take over again and and just end the entire American experiment. So I, I have to I have to caution because you know there's going to be people in there that that get upset at, at my politics. But in the in the last 25 years, every bill or law that has tried to uh, Im- impose creationism instead of real science that has uh, that has tried to uh, discredit uh, anthropogenic climate change that has tried to prohibit teaching actual factual American history that has tried to instead uh, teach the lie of American exceptionalism by teaching the lie that the America, that the United States was founded on a covenant between God and Moses, which one of our textbooks actually said, you know, we had a textbook that said that, that, that Moses was a real person who lived in the 1250 or 1200s BC. And that the, and that our legislation system was based on the 10 commandments. Doesn't matter that we had expert historians uh, flown in from all over the country to testify to the contrary, to say that the founding fathers explicitly said otherwise, because Texas is holding to this idea that uh, we're going to teach American exceptionalism, that we are God-ordained, and we can't ever teach anything that might be embarrassing. So years ago, they were saying that we can't, we, that they weren't going to teach civil, uh, civil rights history properly i mean they, they one of our textbooks actually said that described the slaves as immigrant workers oh my god <laughs> it, it gets worse 
who came over to find Jesus. Oh my God, that's oh. so. This was a history book and taught so, in Texas schools. Yeah, so like so it, it, high it, it goes on. And so middle schools. Okay. Every so the, the, what you're hearing now, people against critical race theory. This is it's the exact same thing. Yep. We can't teach anything that was embarrassing about American history. We can't teach that America ever did anything wrong because then it will look like we're not God ordained. Mm -hmm. And one guy said it, put it like this when I was in a board meeting, I don't remember who it was that said, but I just heard this booming voice over the microphone when it says that America must always be seen as a shining beacon for what it means to be God blessed. <laughs> That's the motivation for teaching lies in the history textbooks. So it's not just science, it's social studies, and it, of course, sex, too. Everybody that has promoted abstinence only instead of sex ed education, everybody that's tried to demonize sex education, everybody that's tried to teach anti-science, everybody that's tried to put the lies into the textbooks, every, every bill, every bit of legislation in the last 30 years at least that has undermined our human rights, that has been an attack on the First Amendment, on any or every provision of the First Amendment, Every restriction on the Second Amendment has always only ever come from Republicans. Absolutely. Every time. It's like when you hear somebody posting a bill that will deputize the entire populace to sue a teacher for teaching something that, that, that contradicts a student's religious beliefs, when, when you want to deputize the entire state of Texas to, to be able to sue anybody who assisted in any way of a woman getting an abortion. Any, any of these draconian, authoritarian, bullshit, stupid-ass laws, hmm. you don't even have to guess. It was a Republican. Absolutely. Always, only, ever Republican for hmm. the last 30 years. Now, I say that acknowledging that had I been an adult in the year that I was born, 1962, if I was already grown up, I would be a proud Republican then. And all of the, the stupid bullshittery that we see from the GOP right now, would those same things were being done by Democrats then. Mm -hmm. Because the Democrats were founded basically by, you know, by, by friends of uh, the Ku Klux Klan. That's how, that, that's how they began, while the Republicans were founded by Lincoln. But at some point, due to the Southern strategy in the 1960s, they crossed over. And today's Republicans are the Democrats of 1962. And in some cases, they are exactly the same person. If anybody that was anybody alive that voted in 1962 as a Democrat would be that's still alive now would be voting as a Republican today. So for anyone listening to this who is interested in the critical race theory debacle, I really recommend everyone listen to my interview with Adam Goldstein from FIRE, which is the Foundation for Individual Rights and in Education, and just how unethical and unconstitutional these laws are. Uh, yeah. trying to ban critical race theory. So anyone interested in that, I highly recommend everyone go listen to that interview. Yeah, going back to when I was born, by the way, Yeah, uh, there was a quote from Barry Goldwater in 1963 that, that spelled it out. I mean, he, he saw it coming. Remember, I would have been a Republican mm -hmm. in 63. And he said that, uh, that when or if the, the, um, the religious right get control of the Republican Party, and they're sure trying hard to do so, it's going to be a terrible damn problem. He was right. Yep. The problem is not that Republicans are Republicans. The problem is that the Republicans have been entirely absumed by the religious right, by they've, the Christian nationalists. They've become that a death the cult. Problem. 
they've become a death exactly. cult, a Christian death exactly. cult. Exactly. They they advocate yeah. hate. Look at mm-hmm. look at Marjorie Taylor Greene, for example. I mean, they, they advocate hate and stupidity. That's the Christian nationalism. That's the religious right. That's what they've always been about, restricting everybody's rights. It has become the point that Democrats and allies of Democrats, because I don't I myself have to vote Democrat because I live in Texas. You can't vote mm-hmm. for an independent. Um, they're in, in primaries and such. There are the restrictions so that I just have to. If I strategically want any any say at all, I have to vote as a Democrat. And usually I have to vote for Democrats because there's not any independents that are capable of winning in the two party system that we have. So we're all kind of stuck doing this. I would rather not identify as a Democrat, but it has become the point that Democrats and allies are trying to protect and preserve human rights while the the religious right, the conservative right, are trying to take them away. That's right. That's that's the summation of our political divide. And so what I'm hearing you say is that you're basically in the thick of all of this. You've been an atheist activist for years and years. Like I remember in the Bible Belt. (laughs) Yeah, in the Bible Belt. Like I remember when I was in college, late 2000s, early 2010s, going through my angsty Christian doubt phase and being terrified of it. You were one of the online atheists on YouTube during like the that atheist boom on YouTube that just absolutely terrified me. Like I was watching you 12, 13, 14 years ago, and you just completely freaked me out. Because I was like, nope, I can't, I can't handle this. I can't handle arguments, <laughs> atheist arguments. I, I was too scared. Now here we are, ten years later, <laughs> on, on Zoom together. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so your activism as an atheist has really led into kind of all of these other areas of activism because of theocracy because of religious irrationalism yeah i started Um, out attacking only creationism for for a specific reason when i got onto usenet roundabout y2k i got into it with a bunch of uh christian nationalists there that were reconstructionists and what they they admitted to me that they were following this plan which was later revealed by the by the leaked memo from the discovery institute to be the wedge strategy for anybody who doesn't know, the Discovery Institute, which is the intelligent design think tank, which doesn't <laughs> think, obviously, it's a belief propaganda mill. They think they do. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they they just want to preserve belief one way or another. And they came up with this plan. It was a five year plan to take over the United States. And part of that plan was to position judges and senators and legislators and dog catchers and school board members at every level of state and federal government. So they wanted everybody, every authority in government to be an evangelical Christian. And so then the next phase of that was supposed to be that there would be um, challenges to evolution because you had to attack evolution first, make everybody doubt the science. And then when they doubt the science, now they're susceptible to believing in magic Of course, they'll never call it magic, but it's supernatural miracles, mumbo jumbo mysticism. It's fucking magic. If it's got curses and blessings, which are an enchantment, it's a positive enchantment. So that's what a blessing is. You know, when somebody says have a have a blessed day, they're saying have a magically enchanted day. That's literally what they're saying. 
So they believe in <laughs> in water bending and necromancy and and a golem spell and incantations and and that that killing up sacrificing a bird over an earthen bowl and running water using a wooden wand sprinkling the bird's blood onto another bird and letting that fly into the air. These are the elements, right? This earth, fire, wind, water, like you put all these together. That's an elemental spell. That's in Leviticus 14, I think. Mm. They believe in this shit. Yep. That's magic. They just won't call it magic. Yep. Absolutely. But they believe in dragons and sorcerers and witches and necromancy and then, you know, bringing, bringing the, uh, you know, evil dead two to life in, in Ezekiel, I think. Somewhere. <laughs> it's, uh, and <laughs> it, yeah, they, they believe in fucking magic and it, it's so frustrating. What, where did I, where was I going when I started on this rant? <laughs> oh, 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 uh, uh, creationism. You're, you were oh, yes. fighting creationism. Yeah, so they, they yeah. wanted to, they wanted to challenge belief in the science so that they could get people susceptible to believing in magic. And then they would be able to put it, push their intelligent design, supernatural crap in there. Uh, the people that I was talking to were bragging. They, they had already positioned all of these judges and senators and so forth, got them elected. How did they get them elected? Their minister would be on the phone with other ministers across the state. They had all of their, their congregations vote as a block. Now this is illegal. This is unconstitutional. This goes against the Johnson amendment. Yeah. But, you know, the, the minister is telling the people how to be a voting block. Vote what I tell you. Vote for these people. They're evangelicals. Get them in office. Hmm. And, of course, those people having that they're evangelical initially wouldn't be on their platform, but the ministers know. And so that's how all of these people got into office. And at the time, remember, this is around 2000, a lot of these people were from the Chalcedon Institute, which was a reconstruct reconstructionist movement founded by R.J. Rushdoony. They wanted not just to not just to tear down our representative, you know, democratic republic. They wanted to replace it with a theocracy. And the Reconstructionists were pleading to replace it with a theocracy that would enforce Levitical law. Yeah. For anyone who wonders why we are kind of obsessed with theocrats, it's it's because of shit like this. I mean, it because they really have their mindset on world domination. Like if you look at Seven Mountain Dominionism, which is like dominating all of the primary cultural forces from government to, uh, you know, Hollywood to academia to they're really bent on world domination because that's part of their eschatology that they believe that christ won't return until they have dominion over all of these parts of culture and everyone should be terrified of that like in anyone who values the enlightenment genuine free speech genuine religious freedom genuine bodily autonomy anyone who values that should shit should be terrified of this no, the, stuff the, 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 Another issue that we have to bring up is, is the use of the word truth, mm. because every lie is sold as the truth with a capital T. Mm -hmm. So all of these people are convinced they have the truth when really what they have is a pack of lies. What is the truth really? The truth isn't whatever conclusion you want to make believe in. The truth is what you can show to be true. Yep. That which in comports my, with reality. In, in my arguments with my ancestors who are all have all gone over to evil mm -hmm. uh i'm constantly having to argue what the truth is i'm trying i'm trying to show them a truth they won't look at so they tell me some preposterous thing that they're afraid of i say that's not true and i can show it look let me show it 
uh, it's, or I see that, you know, that the Bible says X. No, the Bible doesn't say that. Well, yes, it does. Here is where it says that. It doesn't say that. You read it. They read it. They say it doesn't say what it says. Have you, ju- you just read where it says what it says. How can you say that it doesn't say that? But when you're thinking prophetically, then you can change all the meanings of all the words. Mm. And so they have, I, I had to ask, you know, mom, do you really believe that Tom Hanks drinks raped baby's blood while he's worshiping the devil? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and she says, you can't prove he doesn't. It's like, that's not how that works. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it's wild. So and yeah, go when, they, on. when they tell me about their truth, their truth is I can show them the facts. They won't look at it. Hmm. I can show it. I can, I'm, let me show you how Google works. You think that this is happening. You think that there's there are Satanists who are murdering children and being arrested all over the world. Really? You think that's what's happening? Let's get on Google. Uh, Satanists. Right. Just put in the word Satanists. Hit news. What is the news? regarding Satanists from all these different news carriers, including Fox, all these different news, news carriers. What are they all saying? Oh, look, the Satanists won a court case for <laughs> first amendment freedoms. Okay. Look, the, the Satanists address a dress code that was discriminating against different religions and the Satanists have achieved some other humanitarian goal over here. That's what's what the news is. The Satanists are the good guys in every instance against who against you, mom. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> they're, they're against my, my, my entire Republican family. You guys are aligned with evil. This, and this shows it. So now they're, of course, they're on the side of Putin. <sighs> and, are, and they, they believe that the world is behind them. They, they don't understand that Iran is mm. behind them. And that's, that's kind of it. Really? You want to align with Iran? Hmm against a guy who was invading a peaceful nation that didn't do anything. That, that, that's really how you see this? Will not acknowledge. If I try to show any news about global support for Ukraine instead, I get that, I get that that's not happening. I'm told that that's not happening. It doesn't matter what all the news says from every source, because they have their secret news that they can't show me on their secret news network that they're, I'm not allowed to see or know about. They have a secret news network for where their alternative reality is supported by alternative facts. So you mentioned Satanists. We are in the aftermath here of SatanCon, which as of this recording was a few weeks ago. Unfortunately, I was not able to attend, but you were a presenter there and you had your coming out as a Satanist there. Talk some about what led you to Satanism. Okay, well, first of all, the, the Satanism, I mean, I, I was always told that Satanists worship the damn devil. And, and I, I know that there was a guy, because I lived in El Paso for a little while in, in West Texas, and there was, uh, there was a guy there in the 80s who declared himself a Satanist and was some kind of a mass murderer. But, you know, he was, so there's a crazy person who says he, he worships the devil. And there's been a handful of Christians who suddenly declare themselves to be Satanists and then do something stupid for which they go into jail, like with the guy who ran over the Ten Commandments in Oklahoma City. You know, yes. his, his whole yeah. family wasn't aware that he was Satanist. I contacted the Satanic groups in Oklahoma. They never heard of him. So he wasn't, he wasn't a member of their groups either. It was just something he, he one day had something fry wrong in his brain and decide that he's going to call himself in league with the devil or say, say, do something the devil told him to do. Because, you know, what happens when you have a culture that encourages people to follow the voices in their head? 
Mm-hmm. So this is what happens. So on the whole, Satanists, I mean, there are a couple. I've, I've met one theistic Satanist, somebody who believes in an actual, literal, supernatural devil. And I, I interviewed him on my show. And I, I said, I, I met him and had dinner with him the night before I did the podcast. And I said, okay, I'm just going to warn you. We're going to talk about what your church did uh, on behalf of human rights, because they won a court case also. But they were not the satanic temple. They were the, the dogma of Angra Manu, uh, something that, some, some group that's satanic temple had apparently not even heard of at that point. Hmm. But they won this little court case. And there are 40 people. They had 40 people in their congregation where maybe they gathered up from other places. I don't know. But they, they accounted for 40 people. And they had the Oklahoma City Civic Center as their venue to do this black mass. And hundreds of Christians from all over the country showed up to protest outside. So you've got 40 people inside, hundreds of Christians outside. Now, if, if the devil-worshipping Satanists were really uh, a hundredth as big as what Fox News would have us believe, why would there only be 40 people attending that black mass? Yep. 40. That's, that's what they could manage from across the country. They could manage 40 people. And that's it. To compare with the hundreds of Christians that traveled from all over the country to protest this thing. And that was amusing about that was, uh, was that the, the hundreds of Christians, of course, they're all multiple denominations, which inevitably meant that they went to war with each other outside (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so you have the catholics and you have the protestants and then you have all the different millions of protestant you know different you have mormons showing up you have the mormons showing up and they're all heretics to each other so they're all here to protest these satanists and then they they're all fighting with each other so you're witnessing this protest (laughs) and then what happens yeah, well, see, when I went to the Satanic Temples uh, Conference, uh, I, I was really pleasantly surprised with mm. with how that was pieced together. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had never been to a Satanic Conference before. I wasn't sure what to expect. I didn't expect everybody to be so nice to be so. To I would I didn't expect that I would feel the belonging that I did. Mm. You know, I mean, like my my wife and I, you know, we tend to be we're, we're we tend to like black metal. I mean, I'm going to go see, I'm going to go see Judas priest on the 18th of this nice. month. But I'm also going to see, I'm also going to see in this moment and ginger on the 20th of this month. Amazing. So that gives you an idea where we're coming from. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm in this group and it, it, somebody described the, the congregation as the world's largest convention of black craft wearers. Black <laughs> Black yes. Craft is a, is a t-shirt company that makes yep. you know satanic looking t-shirts. Not this one, but you know others like it. Uh, and, and and when we got to the satanic ball on the first evening that we were there, I mean I, I got to the hotel room in time to, to check in, but I, I stopped at a at a at a craft beer store on the way, so I missed all of the protesters. Mm-hmm. So I was told, and I saw a news report later that showed that there were hundreds of protesters out front. And uh, church militant was claiming that it was all Catholics, that every protester out, so out front of there was a Catholic. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think there were other people, too. Uh, but anyway, um, 
one of the people in the hotel said that the Satanists were really nice, but that they had to call the police on the Christian protesters outside. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So there was a lot of, one of the, one of the things that the the Satanists uh, embrace is their counterculture often, but not always. Uh, they, they embrace their outsider status. So yes, I saw, and I've been to a lot of atheist conferences, and I'm sorry to say that when I when I st- when I started going to atheist conferences, they looked an awful lot like uh, a Tolkien novel. I mean, they they, they were all bald headed curmudgeons with long white beards. It was like <laughs> the folks who look like Darwin convention. <laughs> honestly is what it looked like so i mean that how would I'm, I'm driving around downtown houston looking for my conference hotel i mean where is and i see a bunch of these gnome lizard looking guys daniel like, dennett lookalikes <laughs> exactly <laughs> dan dennett uh james randy <laughs> but I, I did see a lot of these people and that that's what the movement looked like hmm. when i got into it and it has become more diverse but the satanists are ahead of the game hmm. Uh, my wife commented that it seemed to her that there were more women at the satanic conference than men. Yes. And when have you ever gone to a conference where there were more women than men? Absolutely. No, and that was one of the first things that I noticed. So I joined back in 2017. That was one of the first things that stood out to me is the number of LGBTQ people and the number of women. And just like how revolutionary that was for me, whereas like I I didn't have to be in a place where the inclusion of women was ever an issue or where the the inclusion of gay people was ever an issue. It was there from the beginning. (laughs) Like that was huge for me. Yeah. And there was a lot of trans people Mm -hmm. uh, at this event. And there's just it just wasn't anything uncomfortable about that mm-hmm. you know like if you if you have i don't know if, if trans people in the atheist in the, in the regular atheist sphere you're going to still have some kind of um or i've seen in years past where there are where there are people who have issues with gender identity and and oh, you know, oh my god you want me to to you know to show the common basic courtesy of respecting your pronoun why is that an issue in the atheist? The we fuck? don't need to, we don't need to get like derailed on this. But I've always just been so baffled about how why is it that certain parts of the atheist world have these conservative leanings, and and I feel like it's always that that has always been there to a certain degree in certain corners. And it's like, what is it about that world that kind of leans towards conservative libertarian masculinity i yeah i know i've never i mean back in the 80s i i played frankenfurter when they was you know when they were doing the, the rocky horror picture <laughs> yeah. show I yeah mean, I, I did I, I did it for years i i had i did uh, i teased up my hair like poison i mean i i Amazing. wore black eyeliner at one point i mean i did all of the the glam rock kind of thing back in my 20s you know, and because I was getting the benefit of that, if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that worked for me. Um, I, but I was never, I, I mean, I was always comfortable in my skin as far as my gender identity. I mean, I'm I'm a cisgendered heterosexual male, and I feel a little bit odd about that because it seems like everybody on the planet is to some degree bisexual now, and I'm kind of 
at odds because I'm not. And I am I am 100% purebred gay. Like okay. garden How variety, garden variety, 100% gay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so but but do you feel strange about that? Because it seems like everybody's more flexible um, than we are. Honestly, I haven't really thought about it. I'm definitely not very flexible in my orientation, but I'm I'm happy that people are able to explore their sexuality in a way that maybe they didn't used to. And so I'm but, happy you know, that people, I'm happy about that, too. Yeah. I mean, you, you look at the look at the porn industry, you know, certainly is happy about that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean what the, but the point that I'm trying to make is that I'm just very fortunate yeah. that I that even with having long hair like all my life. Yeah. You know, that I have I've never I've always been testosterone poisoned. I've ever I've always been a cisgendered man. Right. You know, just <laughs> and, and with long hair, it didn't matter. Yeah. You know, and just but I've, but I've always been very comfortable with how how I present matches who I am. Mm. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. the, the veneer matches the foundation, if you understand what I'm saying. Absolutely. And I feel sorry for a lot of the people that I know who have this thing where how, how they present is not who they are mm -hmm. you know and and so rather than just why can't you be comfortable in yourself like me you know it, it, instead of being an agnostic dick about it or agnostic arrogant dick about it, <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> you know it's it's i can have a, a bit of compassion to understand that hey maybe not everybody is in the same situation as i am and it's unfortunate that not everybody can be in as comfortable in their own skin as i am but the mm -hmm. thing is, is when you talk about compassion, that's where I see an enormous divide in mm -hmm. people. And when you talk about, you know, it, it, almost the bulk of the political divide in this country seems to be, you know, in, in one respect or another, uh, do you have compassion for other people or are you only concerned about yourself? So look at a lot yes. of people that will, um, the, all the Republicans, for example, who are against abortions until their mistress is pregnant yep or and so now you have now you have a gop senator who's trying to get his mistress an abortion before his wife find out that he knocked up another woman or right? you look at, have look at the hypocrisy of that or you have the people who are you know anti-trans until their their son comes until out their trans. son comes out as trans or exactly so if it doesn't yeah. affect you directly yep then you don't give a fuck Yep. That's that's one category of people. Hmm. And I now I, I saw this button uh, back in back in the 80s, I think, that, that I really liked. It says straight but not narrow. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, well, that's I like that. That yeah. means that I can advocate for gay rights. I don't have to be gay. And if I advocate for gay rights, gay rights, it doesn't mean that I am gay. Hmm. I can be, you know, I don't I don't want to use the word proudly, but I'm just, you know, comfortably. Let's say comfortably, naturally full-on heterosexual male, but I acknowledge that other people who are not mm -hmm. what I am have rights as well. And it doesn't have to be me. I can, I can respect somebody else's right. And, but a lot of other people can't. That's right. And, you know, there's one of the things that I so appreciate about our particular satanic community, and this isn't true of all satanic communities, but it's true of TST, is just it's a non-issue in a way that is so humanizing. 
like being gay, being in a community that's full of LGBTQ people and sex workers and women and just all different types of communities and lifestyles and orientations and genders and for people to to not care in a really validating way. Does that make sense? There's there's a like not having any bit not throwing any fuss over it not have and feeling like the important thing here is the values it's the tenets of the temple and upholding the temple upholding the tenets of the temple well the tenets the 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 seven tenets of the satanic temple are are admirable they're, certainly they're better than the ten commandments of the bible which by the way is is not ten commandments when the bible finally mentions the word ten commandments it's an entirely different set. That's right. And yes. <laughs> it's a set that tells you to observe the Feast of the Leavened Bread, yep. observe the Feast of the Weeks, sacrifice your firstborn son on my altar. Yes, it says that. And there are other passages in the Bible that refer back to that to say, yeah, people were doing that. Uh, and then, uh, and, and the 10th commandment is thou shalt not boil a baby goat in its own mother's milk. But goat steak in butter is awesome (laughs) (laughs) i'm a vegetarian so i wouldn't know but it it, i'm sure it's wonderful yeah you know there's there's my hypocrisy Uh uh-huh in a perfect society we would all be vegan yeah i get that i'm not i'm not vegan i've tried i I, i'm not there yet i can't even i can't even get to vegetarian yet yeah but i but i but i understand my hypocrisy in that if if it was that I could not eat meat unless I slaughtered it, hmm. vegetarian overnight. I I know that. So please don't condemn me too much. I understand my own hypocrisy. I admit to it. But I've I've tried to do the vegetarian thing, and and you know what I miss eating as a vegetarian? Hmm. Food. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I totally get it. Well, so. You so so TST is a religion. One of the things that I'm super yeah, and that's that's both that's both its advantage and my problem. Right. So so I'm so you are big in the atheist community. You've been around forever in the atheist community. Yeah, what? I can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> so so you're like one of the atheist grandfathers. Like when I was, like I said, when I was a, an angsty Christian teenager, I was, you were one of the atheists that I was terrified on you, terrified of on YouTube. So, so you've been doing this for a long time. Have you gotten any, um, pushback from the, from, from fellow atheists about the satanic temple because it is yeah, I mean, a religion? There was a couple of people. There've been mm. a couple of people that said that I was undermining my platform mm. but, and I was concerned about that. Mm-hmm. You know that 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 advocating against religion and then attaching myself to a religion was going to be a problem. Now, strangely, when I got my ordination from the Universal Life Church, nobody said a thing. When I be, when I became a Dudist priest for the the you know the the Church of Dudism, uh, I forget what its its actual name is. Um, no problem. I, I could be a Pastafarian, you know, in in claiming worship of the flying spaghetti monster. Nobody would have a problem with that. Church of the Subgenius. Yep. I'm a friend of Ivan Stang, the, the guy who founded the Church of the Subdenius, the Church of Bob. Um, well, and some of those are, are legitimate new religious movements. And I know that they're they're jokey. I, I know that they're perceived as, you know, jokey. But 
But there are religious scholars who study those as as new religious movements, as legitimate yeah. invented religions. Well, well, the point is, is that nobody nobody had an issue with me belonging to all of those things. But declaring myself a Satanist was an issue because everybody thinks that that means one that I worship a devil that I don't believe in, uh, or that, as Tucker Carlson put it, you know, you're just a made-up religion. Well, I'm sorry, Tucker, but um, Christianity is a made-up religion. All religions are made up. <laughs> yeah, and 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 you guys behind Christianity, you guys are. It's all make-believe. You're all faking it. <laughs> I've had so many ministers. I mean, I realize that there are some people who, for whatever reason, legitimately believe this shit. Hmm. Yeah, they really do. They were raised in it. They, they were raised. So, and I was not indoctrinated before the age of reason. My family had a strange tradition that saved me hmm. in that they said, you don't indoctrinate a child until they reach the age of reason, which they arbitrarily wow. determined. It to what, be what was the age of me, reason? To be eight years, eight years old is what okay. they did. They determined it to be, which is interesting because, you know, the Jesuits famously had that saying, you bring me a child until he is seven and I will show you the man. Because once you stifle out from from learning how to speak to seven years old, when you teach them to be uncritical thinkers, to believe exactly what the authorities tell them only because the authority tells them and no, you cannot ever believe anybody but the authority. Then you've wiped away that child's ability to develop critical thinking it is is severely hampered i mean i know people who have who have gotten out of it who have developed the ability to think critically later in life but it's rare and it's difficult and their deconversion is is a painful period lasting years it's brutal yeah that's the way it was for me i mean it's a it's a brutal brutal experience and and on and, and i actually converted so i i deconverted from christianity and i went straight to Satanism. So I went straight from Christianity to the Satanic Temple. And part of the reason was because it it was TST is a religion and and it's like I there was part of me that that needed non-theistic an atheistic form of religion. It's like I I needed some kind of compromise. And we um, need to talk about that. For yes, let's because, talk about it. Because as I define religion, okay. TST would not be a religion. Okay, let's talk about I've that. Often said, I've often said that every religion that is universally accepted as a religion by both its adherents and its critics, hmm. and that's, that's an important caveat there or, or preface, everyone that is universally accepted by both adherents and critics is a faith-based belief system positing the notion that a supernatural essence of self somehow survives the death of the physical body to continue on in some other form. Hmm. Now, Satanism is not universally accepted to be a religion. Tucker Carlson said it's just That's made true. up. You know, so, so the, the critics say that it's not a religion. Importantly, the government says that it is. Yes. And that's what gives Satanist power. And, and the, the Christians cannot undermine that because they are simultaneously trying to contradict themselves by forcing atheism to be a religion by insisting that evolutionism is a religion <laughs> yeah right it's some kind of faith based as faith based as yeah, there somebody yeah somebody wrote an obiter dictum in, in a supreme court case turcaso versus watkins you know one of the justices mentioned in in a in a sub note that had nothing to do with the ruling he said that secular humanism would qualify as a religion by his determination and, and thus 
people assume that secular humanism is a religion, even though it is not officially declared as such. So the Christians will argue that secular humanism, religion, evolutionism is a religion, atheism is a religion, but they say that Satanism is not. Right. Well, I would tell them to pull their head out of their asses, but then they would be atheists like myself if they did. <laughs> okay, so so if I can recap what you're saying, in, in your view, re- the religion is a faith-based system belief, system belief system that involves some essence of the self surviving death in some way yep. and supernatural a supernatural so essence of self a, so a they, supernatural they to, essence they hold to mind body dualism mm-hmm. every religion holds to mind body dualism which has no support either in science or philosophy and relig- a religion must be understood to be a religion by both its adherents and outsiders. Yeah. So so nobody argues that Sikhism yes. is not a religion. Yes. Right? Buddhists will argue argue that Buddhism is not a religion. Christians will argue that Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. <laughs> so so but then does that disqualify <laughs> with so Say like we all know those evangelicals who are like you know who those evangelicals who are like no I don't have a religion, it's a relationship. Okay, but then with a magic imaginary friend, with a magic imaginary friend. So, but does that mean that their evangelicalism isn't a religion then? Because while we would say they still they still put the the core requirement is the every every type of religion. Not every religion has a god, right? So there's they're like druidic and, and animist and so forth. I mean, there's a whole lot of religions that don't believe in a God, hmm. but that do believe in a supernatural essence of self. Now, I was I was in a Theravada Buddhist temple mm-hmm. uh, where I ultimately got married. Uh, but but as before that happened, I'm doing you know comparative religious studies and I'm listening to the the teacher teaching about Buddhism. Now, this was a Thai Buddhist community. But the guy who was teaching was not Thai. He was an American convert. And I'm sure that was the reason why. So Thai people, when, when they when they want to, you know, or any Eastern or Asian Buddhist community might want to criticize me for this. I'm already aware that, that being, being an American convert probably tainted his perspective. But he said that Buddhism is not a religion because they don't believe in a God and they don't believe in the self. Okay. So you can't, we, so we can't be born again, not born again in Christian terms, but you can't be like born again in reincarnation terms because you've never been born before, he said. And my first contest was everyone at this table has a birth certificate. And so he just wants to ignore that. <laughs> okay. So you were physically born, but that doesn't mean anything according to the religion at all. Just because you came out of a womb somewhere that's not what birth is okay fine well you so you're going to change all the meanings of the words continue we don't believe in a god and we don't believe in self Hmm. and then he spoke for another two or three minutes before he said that you might be reincarnated into a new body and i said wait 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 you (laughs) you as in yourself Right, so you have a new physical form. So you were born. You came out of a different womb than the first womb you came out of. So you were born again. And he didn't like me. 
And then he, <laughs> yeah, he didn't, he didn't like how I was disrupting his class. And then he comes to the final point where he said that, that the original Buddha, Siddhartha Gautama, could hear prayers that he prays to Buddha, the first Buddha, Siddhartha Gautama. Hmm. He prays to Buddha and Buddha can hear his prayers and Buddha answers his prayers with miracles. Right. So I said, okay, definition of a God that I've always used. So magical, anthropomorphic, immortal. Magic is the definition of miracles. They're, they're the same thing. You look up, if you, if you look up in six different dictionaries, look up the definition of miracle, look up in six different dictionaries, look up the definition of magic, you're going to realize there's a strong correlation there. Miracles are magic. Magical miracles, miraculous magic, whatever. It's the same fucking thing. Yes. So he, if he answers with miracles, that's fucking magic. So it's a magical anthropomorphic, Siddhartha Gautama, right? Do we need to argue he's anthropomorphic? He's a fucking human. Okay. Immortal. He died in what, 600 BC? And here we oh, so you worship a God, you believe in self, and you believe in reincarnation. You're a fucking religion. So it, so it checks all the boxes. So, yeah. so the, the, he was really angry with me. <laughs> <laughs> so I have met people who self-identify as Christians. Let's, let's just use one example, a public figure named Mike McArg. Um, and he is a kind of progressive Christian guy, but he's a non-theistic Christian. And <laughs> so he, yeah, so he's- Hold a, on a second. Yes. I just, I just want to absorb this for a minute. And yes. it's important that other people do too. Yes. The Tucker Carlson's in the world need to realize that there is a non-theist uh, Methodist minister running a church in downtown Austin, Texas. Oh, that's great. Yes. How the fuck is he Christian? Well, that's for the Christians. That's for the Christians out. to decide. That's for the Christians <laughs> to figure out. Right. And so, I mean, it's certainly not creedal Christian faith, like the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed. Like, it, it's definitely, which is, which honestly— And anybody is, wants to say that they're not true Christians? Well, let's find out what the fuck a true Christian exactly. is. <laughs> well, and that—but that's part of the point, right? Because, so, but would that Methodist pastor, would he be religious? Like he he's a Methodist not pastor. Not by my definition. Okay. Not not by my definition because I understand that religion involves a community mm. cultural aspect mm -hmm. in the definition for a non-theistic Methodist. Yeah. And for the Satanic Temple and indeed for the Church of Satan. For all of them, they would they're non they're based, they're all atheists looking for a sense of community. Now, when I took a, a college course on the, the history of comparative world religions, it seemed to me, I was told that the defining religion would be very difficult. And I took all of the globally accepted, unanimously accepted religions of the world and came up with a definition that applied to all of them. Now, Taoism still doesn't qualify as a religion because even if you, even if you, if, if you advance the deistic concept that nature has a consciousness of some sort or even that it doesn't because my favorite line out of the out of the Tao Te Ching it's funny I'm sorry to sidetrack myself no no no, no you're good you're one good. of the issues that I had with Buddhism is that Buddhism says that you know that existence is suffering and I'm sorry it's not <laughs> I'm, I'm just it's just not heresy I mean, no I'm yeah, kidding <laughs> it, it can it can be suffering for some people but it's not yeah. suffering for me yeah. I always feel good. <laughs> I mean, I feel good all the time. 
I mean, I don't, I don't know how I would deal with it with a, with a, an actual like people that have back injuries or whatever, or that, or that are, that are confined, not just to a wheelchair, but you know, one of those prone things. Cause I know people like that, that are there, that they only have limited movement of, of their hands at all, you know, and they, they live their whole life like that completely dependent on somebody else. I couldn't imagine that because I've always been able-bodied, right. And I always feel good. I don't have pain. Life is not suffering. I enjoy the fuck out of life. And given the, the alternative comparison, <laughs> it's better to have than to have not so i'm, I'm sorry to just i've sidetracked a, too, a few too many times to remember where i was going no you're good so so um so you were talking about uh issue with buddhism suffering uh yes, life is uh, suffering the, yeah yeah and and i just i never got that that impression but but when i read the Tao Te Ching, i read a verse out of that that was my favorite verse from any what I would call what I, what I used to think was religious uh, doctrine ever. Uh, and that was that um, nature acts without intent. So it cannot be said to be benevolent nor malevolent to anything. And that's, I guess the reason that I, that I find that beautiful is because it's true. Hmm. That's just true. That is just true. And, and so when, when people say, well, everything happens for a reason, there are no accidents. No, there fuck ton of accidents everything is an accident yeah that is not true you know that everything happens for a reason is not true that when you pray that your child will be found safely when the child is missing and it turns out that she was raped and destroyed in some horrible painful way you know what it's not that god was listening and decided no fuck you i see everything that's going to happen in the future i knew you were going to pray about this i knew you were going to pray about her and i allowed this to happen anyway no it's not that your god is an internal dick that just doesn't care what you think it's that there is no God. He doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. So what does, uh, what has changed for you? Has anything really changed for you since joining the Satanic Temple? Or is it more like this is just Here, here's, here's who you are? Yes, go on. Here's my problem. Um, people have always told me that I worship the devil. Always. <laughs> me too. Just Fuck. Uh, so I, I always had long hair. As I said, I was always a strapping young man. I mean, I remember right. a, I remember a time in, you know, like when I was 20, 19, 20 years old, I was walking through the mall wearing my black leather jacket because, you know, I've, I've almost always had a motorcycle. Mm -hmm. Right. But but I mean, there was a time when people when like the, the hallways would part because of people are afraid of me. I was always being judged on my appearance. So I had both ears pierced long before a lot of other people did, you know, and just, and just, I was listening to, you know, one of my favorite bands, you know, Black Sabbath, Motorhead, Iron Maiden, uh, 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 should be Judas Priest. And all of these were like, you know, the devil's music and so on. So I'm just, and I played Dungeons and Dragons. So fuck. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Even if you're a nerd, you're still somehow satanic and people were just always afraid of me. And, and that, that was to in my advantage in that I was both good looking and a bad boy. I know it may be hard to look upon this nearly 60 year old visions now and try to picture. Hey, listen, I go to old. some I go to some gay bars where they would devour you. <laughs> they would be so into you. Uh, well, what I'm trying to say is that, it, it, that this was a lot different when I was 20. <laughs> Fair. So I had, a, had a very different background in, in that. And, and, and it worked out well for me, mm -hmm. if I could just say that. Uh, but, but people have always thought that I was a, a devil worshiper in some way. And so I've been trying to argue against 
No, it's not that I don't, it's not that I believe in the enemy of your imaginary friend. I don't believe in any of it. It's all bullshit, right? There is just, there's just us. There's just the natural world. You're in, and oh, so you want to argue that, that materialism is true. Why do you have to put it like, why does everything have to be reversed? Why does everything has to be in a, in a, in, in, in shifting the burden of proof? Why can't it be? We both know the material world exists. I realize there's some people that don't think the world material world exists, but I'm not even going to acknowledge them because I think it's the most pathetic belief system possible. We both accept that the material world exists, mostly. You're trying to posit a magical alternative reality on top of that. So we both accept that materialism is true in this perspective that we have a material world. Now, show me the evidence for your, the, the other thing that you're trying to positively suggest. But they have to take every belief or every non-belief, every lack of belief has to be turned into a belief because they can't think in terms of non-belief. They can't accept that I don't believe you and therefore you have to convince me. They have to do the, the logical fallacy thing of reversing the burden of proof onto me so that I have to prove that no godism is true. So, so you're getting at something really important here, which, is, which I find so hard to explain to people. There's a and let's see if I can articulate it. I'm not I'm not good at this stuff, so but I'll try. There's a difference between not believing in God and believing that God does not exist. Not yes. believe not believing in God is simply saying, I see your evidence, I don't buy it. Quote unquote evidence. I see your yeah, arguments. I, say it say is, quote unquote. You're right, because there's yeah, there is no evidence. There is no good evidence. Yeah. And um, and that's the, it. The, the that Bible, is all it is. <laughs> yeah. If the Bible is no more evidence of God, then the Bhagavad Gita is evidence of Lord Krishna. Yeah. And so and if I, you don't if you don't accept the you know the the Adi Granth of the Sikhs as evidence of their God, then I don't accept about the Bible, and you don't accept that the Quran either. Then why should I accept the Bible? I don't accept the Quran. You know, for the same reason you don't. Right. So you accept as a Christian, you accept that the Quran is not the truth and you accept that the bhagavad gita is made up by people and you expect that the Adi Granth is made up by people and the avestas of zarathustra on which our bible is based Wait, what what people. what was what is the bible based on what was that the avestas of zarathustra what is that okay oh, oh zarathustra the like zoroastrianism. zoroastrianism got it yes so biblical scholars will often say that judaism adopted more from Zoroastrianism than from any other pre-Judean influence. And is Zoroastrianism still alive? Like, is it, it do people still well, practice it? It's, it's, it's arguable whether it's alive. I mean, they've had one famous member, okay. uh, Freddie Mercury. <laughs> okay, got it. <laughs> who, who, amusingly, most Zoroastrians would not claim. <laughs> But he is their most famous member ever. <laughs> so, so the Zoroastrians uh, enjoy an interesting perspective in that Islam has a degree of respect for the Zoroastrians. Completely different theism, non-Abrahamic theism. But Islam has a respect for Zoroastrianism. Judaism is based largely not entirely, largely on Zoroastrianism. Christianity reached past Judaism 
to take other aspects of Zoroastrianism and incorporate those. Things that Judaism did not incorporate, Christianity did. So Zoroastrianism is like the, the grandfather religion of Abrahamic religions, in other it words? It is. Okay. It is. All of them. I mean, well, Islam took nothing from Zoroastrianism, hmm. but they respect the Zoroastrians. That's fascinating. I it's doubt, one of those things I, that I, I doubt that any that any uh, any scholar of world religions is going to contest me on that. Yeah. But if they do, I would appreciate if somebody would notify me of this because the best of my knowledge is what I just said. I don't I don't think that there's going to be a religious scholar anywhere that would contest me on that. Hmm. It's fascinating. So in the in the investors of in the I want to say it's the Hadnagnasht where I read that uh, that Ahura Mazda, somebody, maybe Zarathustra, is, is talking with Ahura Mazda, and they say that the righteous man, and this is the part that Christianity took, that Judaism did not take. Christianity reached back and took this, that the righteous man will ascend to the kingdom of justice and truth under the wise lord Ahura Mazda. And the evil man, will descend into the kingdom of the lie, ruled by Araman, the opposer. And the word for opposer, the opposer, is Hashetan, Satan, also known as Angramanyu. So that's where the Temple of Set, there, there's two, two subdivisions of the Temple of Set, and one of them is the, you know, the, the Dachma of Angramanyu. Hmm. Unfortunately, we're here at the uh, end of the hour, but this oh, has been. Are you kidding me? I know. <laughs> well, we're going to have to do. We're going to have to do this again. Um, okay. If you're up for that, if you're, you're. I don't know. You're I was always having welcome. fun. I was. I know. Fun. I no. I am too. Um, but my my audience yells at me if I go over an hour. <laughs> my audience complains well, if I go over an hour. I'm sure I can convince them otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this has been great, and. You're welcome back anytime. It's been great talking to you. It, it's, kind, it's always kind of a surreal experience when I have someone on the show who has just kind of like been in my psyche for over a decade on YouTube. Uh, so it's been an honor talking to you. It's been really, really interesting. And um, you're welcome back anytime. Thank you very much indeed. All right. Well, that is it for this show. The music is by 117. The song is Wild. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to music. This show is written, produced, and edited by me, Stephen Bradford Long, and is a production of Rock Candy Recordings. As always, hail Satan, and thanks for listening.